This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Sharks fall in... I guess what can only be described as a as a game in which they looked lackluster. The uh, the effort was a little bit uh, questionable there, and uh, fall by the score of excuse me, sorry, uh, five to two. Eerily similar to the uh, six to two game in which the uh, the Sharks played very sloppily, and quite honestly. Uh, I think we can say it's it's the low point of the season. Uh, with me today is uh, Felix Chow. Felix, how are you doing this evening? Oh, and I've got to get Felix over here. And there he is. Hi, Felix. Are you there, Felix? Sorry about that. Uh, uh, my mic was muted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yes, I, um, I'm doing good. Uh, but, uh, you know, despite the loss and, uh, yeah, rough game. Yeah. And again, as we can say, it's, uh, I, I don't know at this point. I mean, I definitely think we can, we can call it the lowest point of the season, but it was just an ugly loss all around. And I, I, I mean, to me, it seems as if, they're still making the similar mistakes that they were making at the beginning of the season. What do you think it is, uh, Felix? Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like it's defensively they're I just, they're not there you know, they're not where they need to be. And it's just, it's mind boggling to watch. And I mean, and I'm sure you guys, um, you know, we've been this drum like many times and obviously AJ has as well in previous shows, but like, I mean, EK. I mean, you got you got like the highest paid defenseman on this team, EK65. He he's out there. Um, I think when what was he like a minus? I'm not sure what he was, but I, I know at one point he was a minus three. And um, you know, and just yeah, the defensive uh, their defensive game has just lacked. It's it's been frustrating to to see. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, if you're new to the show, um, we run this as a uh, as a fan passion project uh, for the fans by the fans. And uh, we want you to be part of the show. So uh, go ahead and uh, chat with us and contribute uh, in the in the YouTube chat. You can also go ahead and follow us on the social media uh, on Twitter at Teal Town USA. You can also find us on the Instagram, of course, the YouTube chat, Facebook, SoundCloud and Reddit and for uh, all the great content that we put up, you can go ahead and uh, point your web browser to tealtownusa.com. Oh, boy. Um, where do we get into this one? It just seems they played a great and sound defensive game up until the last five minutes of the period and, you know, basically let the game slip away. And... You know, instead of it being a you know that kind of a heartbreaking of a game, we we first start off with an Ottawa goal, and uh, Connor Brown with his first um, of the season from Zaitsev and Paul. Uh, people remember Paul's name because he's going to be in quite a bit of the scoring tonight. That comes in six thirty four in the first. On, I mean, it was just a weird bounce uh, in front of the goal, and uh, you know the the. Uh, player was able to kind of almost pick it out of midair and uh, slap it in on Dell. Dell wasn't really set. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's one of those goals that you know you wish you had uh, Dell saving it, but you don't fault him for it either. You don't right. fault him for it either. Right. Exactly. And you know, like you said, it was a weird bounce, and it's just, um, yeah, it, it was one of those one of those goals. Yeah. Yeah, a tough goal indeed, and so you're wondering, okay, how is the team gonna gonna bounce back from a goal like this? And they get uh, they get two consecutive penalties uh, f- 
four. So they go on a five on three and Evander Kane buries it uh, 9.30 in the first. Uh, that's his seventh goal on the season, sixth goal on the power play. Burns and Couture with the assists and it is 1-1 and you think, okay, maybe the Sharks have kind of uh, tiptoed uh, into the game, but uh, now they kind of got their feet under them and uh, we're off and rolling. However, uh, after the Sharks uh, on a power play that looked very um, what's the word? I guess it would be puttering or or plodging. Um, Nick Paul comes out of the uh, out of the penalty box and scores his first goal of the season. Kachuk and Tierney with the assists. It is now two one Ottawa, fifteen twenty seven into the first. Now, to me, Felix, this was the goal that I did not like from Dell. Um, this is where. Dell goes in um, and tries to, uh, I guess, tries to poke check um, and misses. And uh, Nick Paul goes far side and gets him. Now, the reason that uh, that I say that it was kind of a poor goal is it's uh, Nick Paul's. It's Nick Paul's offhand, and it's a goal that. You know, you really want to see your uh, goaltender have. And, you know, after the power play, you, you think, okay, maybe you have a little bit of, of momentum, but you let that goal in right after the power play concludes. And now you've basically spotted uh, Ottawa the lead. Um, it's 2 1. Ottawa is not a very good team and and we saw throughout that first period that they were taking the body hard um and honestly taking the the body hard because uh the lack of talent now i'm going to try and go ahead and get um get felix back on the line here but going over it again they have this is how they have to play in order to uh, play up to the teams that don't have that doesn't have a they have a talent deficiency, right? Ottawa has to play this body-on-body uh, -body style and really has to, uh, you know, outwork a team to beat a team. Um, Felix, in that first period, what what were you thinking on on just the overall play of the Sharks and how the Ottawa Senators, what the game plan was, just taking that body very early? Yeah, um, well, for the Sharks, I thought, well, first off, um, their power play looked pretty good. I mean, there, that was probably, I think... The only positive takeaway I had for that period for the for the Sharks, but yeah, um, but yeah, for Ottawa, I mean, they were they were really aggressive and just you know, like you mentioned, just you know, taking the body, being physical, you know, doing everything they can to like sort of have that impact in the game and just sort of like I guess throw the Sharks off their game. Right, right, and so you know, you could see that the Sharks were being frustrated, especially in the uh, offensive zone. Um, no more so than you just have to take a look at Timo Meyer and and Timo Meyer was plugged down on the second line with Evander Kane and with Tomas Hurdle and it's looking looking for his game right now is all I can really um, you know all I can really comment about his play you know it, he's trying to go to the right areas but to me Felix he doesn't seem very engaged I mean normally when we see Timo Meyer engaged he's mixing it up uh, in front of the in front of the goaltender he's um, you know actively making it difficult for the opposing player to play in the uh, offensive zone so when he's on the defensive um, you know he's he's using his body to um, to great effect and we're not seeing that right now from Timo to me Timo is kind of skating on the periphery he's trying to do a little bit more of the board battle um, but not going to the front of the net as, as we've seen him. So I think his play overall has just suffered. I think I'm looking at a player that's lacking confidence, but I'm also looking at a player who's kind of lost his game right now. Yeah, no, I would agree. Like, I mean, he's, I mean, he does absolutely like, 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 you know, he's lost that confidence. It's just like, he's not playing, you know, his game and he's not, you know, as you mentioned, going to the front of the net, doing what he does best and just, you know, and honestly, I feel like that's, I feel like that's really a team-wide issue. This confidence right now, and I feel like this team, especially with this loss, and I, I remember um, seeing on the broadcast they were panning over to the, to the Sharks bench. I believe it was in the third period, which I will get to, but like, I mean, they just looked frustrated. You know, that, yeah. that whole team. 
yeah, the entire team looked yeah. frustrated. Um, you, you can also see it uh, on the later power plays in the first period where, yeah. you know, they that that five on three looked absolutely dynamite. I mean, they were moving it, um, getting a lot of, of uh, bodies in front of the net. But man, after after that five on three, it just looked like something sucked the wind out of their sails. And the team was not executing at the same pace. And so to me, that's a big red flag when you're not executing with the amount of talent that you have against an Ottawa Senators team that quite frankly is, you know, at best a a middle tier AHL team at this point. Um, And and you come out and you put a performance out like that. Not good. Uh, Not good at all. And uh, I, I, I just, I am, I am at a loss for words really to, to describe the power outage we saw in the last portion of that first period. Yeah, it's, I mean, no, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like, I don't, I don't even know like what to say. Like, like it's, it's people, it's this bad now. Right. Right. And you know, we, we keep stressing, okay, it's early in the season. It's early in the season. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's only 12 games in, but these are starting to become patterns. And the even more alarming thing is these are patterns that we saw from last year. And so we see a continuation of this, not a good look, not a good look. So going into that second period, uh, the sharks are really reeling a little bit, um, you know, with a little bit of a squandered opportunity with that power play that, um, Ottawa then converts when they uh, they kill it off and uh, boy oh boy here he comes again Nick Paul with his second goal uh, Connor Brown with the assist 10:59 uh, into the second period it is now a three to one Ottawa lead uh, you're thinking okay now maybe this is the this is the point in which the Sharks kind of have to put the foot on the gas you know they they can't play around anymore with this team they have to really try and, and break through the strong four check that Ottawa's putting um you know together and quite honestly Ottawa in the defensive zone um yeah they were making a, a lot of mistakes but you could definitely see where um DJ Smith is stressing um standing up on the blue line we saw a lot of big hits from uh, from Brady Kachuk um Connor Brown um uh, Borvieski um you know just it goes on and on and on so you know they're they're kind of riding high and and Kevin LeBanc gets sprung on a on a breakaway um, by a beautiful Brent Burns pass uh, through the middle through the neutral zone basically slices through the defense. Um, Kevin LeBanc is able to get behind the defense of the Ottawa Senators and score uh, just a beautiful snipe um, top right hand corner and the Sharks have a little bit of life. It is now two to three. Um, Kevin LeBanc scoring that thirteen fourteen into the second period with Burns with the primary assist on that one. And you think, okay, maybe the Sharks are starting to starting to wade a little bit out of that. But again, they they get stuck in the mud. They get um their their neutral zone play starts to regress. It was really the only time that they got a a, a nice odd man rush and a nice uh, uh I guess uh counterattack kind of play. But but Felix, I mean, you know, in that second period, what what are you seeing that that I guess either that Ottawa is doing or the Sharks are not doing that makes it so I don't know. I, I hate to use the word boring, but I mean, it was pretty boring hockey and they, yeah. they seem to get play into the Ottawa system there. Yeah, I think uh, that second period to, period to me was sloppy. I mean, that was um I just, yeah, I just feel like you know the Sharks. I mean, for whatever reason, you know they're they're just, you know they're they're just not there. Like I mean, it's the the defense is sloppy. The and Ottawa's you know forcing these turnovers, and the Sharks are like literally shooting themselves in the foot at the same time. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's not an ideal situation for the Sharks at all. Yeah, I it not an ideal situation at all. Uh, Steve Cropper, um, funny, uh, but uh, bring in the dads. Yeah, maybe it's a dad's trip that's in order um, for this team to kind of get their uh, heads out of the sand. But, I mean, it, it's got to be something because right now the team 
He's allowing subpar teams to dictate play. Um, it looks like a team that is not not ready to start games, which was an issue last year. Um, it's also a team that gives up goals late. I mean, Brady Kachuk um, with uh, about 51 seconds, so it was 1909 in the second, scores the uh, Ottawa goal that, that proves to be the, the dagger. And this is starting a trend now of allowing um, goals in the last minute of periods, which which are just incredible backbreakers. I mean, it, it just literally sucks out all life on the back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing actually um, want to mention are the faceoff percentages. I mean, like from what I saw from the stats, like the Sharks just got dominated in that, in, in that department, I feel like. Uh, you know what, Felix? That's a great way to great. Great segueing point. Uh, yeah, the Sharks, uh, 43% on the faceoff dot tonight. Um, Ottawa clearly getting the, the best of the Sharks in the circle, um, winning the defensive zone draws, winning a lot of offensive zone draws. Yeah, uh, not yeah. good. Um, Dylan Gambrell with a, sporting a 20%. Joe Thornton with a 50 Barkley Goodrow with a 38 And Logan Couture with a miserable 20%. Not good from your top line center. And uh, again, I don't know if this is a mental thing or if this is a uh, an effort thing or if this is I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. It seems like a total system wide collapse, both, right. both in the offensive zone and the defensive zone. Right. And, you know. We always talk about with with faceoffs. I mean, like that's where that's where your puck possession is. I mean, you got to win those battles. And I remember hearing from Bakes that, um, at some point during the game, even late in the game, that they just weren't winning those battles. And you just, you know, it starts with foundation hockey. I mean, you gotta you gotta be willing to win those battles. You gotta be willing to get to the front of that. To you know, win those faceoffs. You gotta you know, it, you gotta be able to do those. You know, if you're gonna like even get yourself. In, in a position to win games, you know, and we're not seeing that. I mean, it's not even just at this point, it's not even just the D part, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm seeing a lot in the chat of, of Eric Carlson, Eric Carlson, Eric Carlson. Look, it's not just Eric Carlson's fault. Yes. He's making some mistakes. I think he's make, making mistakes because he's feeling the pressure to start to kickstart the offense. But if we look tonight on the defensive or on the defensive front, and as far as what their time on ice numbers are, um, nobody sported under 11 minutes, which is good. I mean, Tim he had 11 minutes tonight, so that's definitely a, making some progress from that three-minute night he posted, I believe, in Montreal. Um, Brent Burns with 25 minutes—that's still a little high. Um, but Eric Carlson coming down to 22 minutes now, Mark Edward Vlasic at 20, and Brendan Dillon at 17, Mario Ferraro at 1435. So while I understand where the sentiment is coming from in the Sharks community, I don't blame this all on Eric Carlson. I blame a lot of this actually on the fact that the Forwards keep flying high, and they keep looking for that that stretch pass to try and spring offense. It to me, this is looking like a team that's cheating for offense and doesn't want to grind it out in their own defensive zone and to break the puck out cleanly. They're looking for the quick pass through the neutral zone. It's getting picked off most of the time. Um, you're seeing um, Eric Carlson holding on to the puck. A lot more than he than he needs to be to me yep. that that is a guy that it's not trusting in his forwards right now yeah i and you have a great point there like i mean you know and a lot of them aren't make, aren't making the simple plays like i mean that, like you said like those stretch passes i mean teams are right now teams are like literally reading that like a freaking picture book <laughs> i mean it's 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 just it's just too predictable and you know it's yeah, I I don't even know like how else to like really explain it, but it's just yeah, it's it's not good. I don't know. And so wrapping up the game, uh, Anthony du- Duclair scores a just a, a a beauty of a goal where he kind of flies in on the defense and uh, is able to go around um, Martin Jones, who comes in for Aaron Dell, his first pool in his career. 
Um, Anthony Duclair, fourth goal on the season with Kachuk and DeMello with the uh, with the assists there at 16:36, and that about seals the game and puts the uh, the cherry on the crap Sunday as we <laughs> as we speak. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I just, I don't know, like, I mean, for me, it's something like, and I know I've seen it on Twitter before, and I'm obviously, you know, everyone in chat is frustrated, obviously, too, and we are, too, um, but, like, something has to change. I mean, like, I don't know whether it's got to be the locker room mentality or if it's, or, you know, if someone has to, you know, go for, the team has to go for a dinner to, like, you know, set the mood, you know, uh, right again, or, you know, what has to happen, but just something needs to change with this team, like... Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah, especially with the with the mentality, the the confidence level, the attitude, you know, it's, and because I mean, we know the the leadership group um, with this team. And like Kachir, obviously, he's captain now. And um, you know, you got Jumbo, you got um, you know, EK sixty five, uh, Bernsey Hurdle. Um, yeah, I mean, someone in that locker room has to step up right now and say. You know, okay. You know, just get the, just essentially get the group together and like, just say we need to find like, we need to pinpoint what exactly is going on. Like, if someone like has an issue or whatever, you know, they they got to talk about it. Right. And so, uh, putting a bow on the crap sandwich as it was, uh, the Sharks end the night with 36 shots on goal. Uh, Senators with 30. The Sharks go one for six on the power play. Senators go 0 for four. Uh, we've got. And and this to me is the is the big standout um, for the Senators and the these are the working stats to me uh, Felix and and you let me know what you think about these but the Sharks get out hit twenty three to thirty six and blocks fourteen to twenty eight in favor of Ottawa giveaways twelve to eleven um, in favor of the Sharks so to me the hits and the blocks are the the effort, uh, the, the kinds of effort stats. Um, yeah, I agree. And, and, and mind you, you will get hit more if you if you possess the puck more. But getting that out badly hit and that many shots blocked, oh boy. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a huge red flag for there. Like and for me there, I mean that's just. I mean you gotta. I mean, again, I don't know what the Sharks have to do to, to like change things up, but like they've got to like. You know, they've got to change something in their game plan or, you know, in just for something to work again, you know, so. Yeah. So, um, you know, quickly going into the chat. Thank you, everybody who is uh, contributing on the chat. Lance Fletcher, uh, maybe trading Dylan now for a winger in return while we can. I mean, yes, the Sharks do have um, some extra pieces on the defense. And we just saw that uh, Radim Shimek was is uh, back in San Jose and will be loaned out to the Barracuda for a conditioning stint, which is good. So you will be getting some reinforces on the back end. I, I don't think that right now that is going to be the cure-all. Um, I, to me, they think the team is both lacking in right-wing depth, but I think it's also lacking in center depth. Mm-hmm. And I think that that might be something that we need to start addressing now. We need to start really looking with a fine tooth comb i mean is is hurdle couture uh thornton and uh, gambrell really the recipe for success down the middle um i don't know what the answer is to be quite frank um it, it could be maybe trading for a goalie maybe maybe the goaltending is is partially to blame here um i you know breaking up a line um you know, trading is somebody saying trading yeah. heed, or or do you po- po- point this on um, on on the coaching staff, um, Felix? I mean, this is this is perfect um, a perfect one from Phantom O four four saying uh, the coaching staff. I mean, what what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I yeah I've seen and again I've seen like a lot of um, you know some people a lot of people call for the for PDB's head essentially and they've been. Um, you know, uh, obviously there's a lot of frustration on that front and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I mean, it's like, I mean, as much as the players like have to, like, you know, they got to adjust their game, find a way to like get their confidence back. You know what? Maybe the coaching staff does need to, it does need to reevaluate like how they're implementing the systems and like 
just what's going wrong why isn't like why aren't the goals like coming for us and heck why that where we're allowing more goals and you know you mentioned goaltending as well like I think and like Martin Jones he isn't great um I'll be the first to say that I'm not the first but like um but anyway bottom line Martin Jones isn't great Aaron Dell isn't any better but at the same time you know you've got to you got to have five guys supporting you if you're a goaltender and you know that's all systems. I mean, you know, if if you're allowing more goals um, against and heck, you're allowing shots too, um, then it might be time to reevaluate how you're like utilizing your guys and like implementing that system. Yeah, very good points. And and this is from Bearded uh, Sharks guy six six one, saying, "Is the defense not taking to Boogie's uh, defensive strategy?" You know. In response to that kind of a comment, I feel like Felix puts the nail on the head there where it's not only the defense's responsibility for sorting out the defensive zone coverages, but it's also those three forwards and their commitment to helping out. I mean, to making sure that you outnumber the puck in the corners, um, to to outwork a team, you know, to come back into the zone and, and gain possession. To me, the team is losing one-on-one individual battles, but they're not putting themselves in positions to win those battles in the first place. Like when you have Eric Carlson taking the puck and trying to do, you know, dipsy doodles or trying to do right. spinoramas to try and shake off um, the forechecking um the opposition to me that speaks of he needs some more help in his own zone he needs to have those forwards track maybe five to ten feet further back from where they're flying out into the zone now right and again are is this a systems play thing is this a defensive zone play thing i don't know but these to me were the types of of um questions that should have been answered in the preseason yeah and i like no i completely agree like i mean and you know as we said before like the you know the forwards look everyone's gotta everyone's gotta like have their own part in this i mean and you know the forwards gotta be in good position you know they gotta help out uh, the defense and you know and just and you know everyone and like i said everyone has a part to play and you know if you know Whoever, just, I mean, if they're not playing it, then it's not going to work. I mean, it's it's that simple. So, I mean, and in regards with, with Eric Carlson, like, I mean, you know, like you mentioned before, he maybe it's the fact that, you know, he's just not having trust in his forwards right now. And, you know, that's what's making him, you know, make those dipsy doodle plays and, you know, which make for, you know, easy turnovers. And just, and of course, we bag on the guy, obviously, and just like, you know, we bag on Brent Burns, but like these guys, I mean, you gotta support those guys. It's it, it, it again. I go, I go back to what I said earlier. It goes back to foundation hockey, and if you don't have foundation hockey, you don't have anything at all. Right, right. Uh, puck guy adding uh, Couture with no game uh, with no goals in the last nine games. Timo has two goals all year. They can't outscore their problems, so they need to play defensive minded. That's true, um, and and I totally am in, in agreement with Puckeye on that one. Uh, you, if you're not able to score, then you do need to play better in your defensive zone. But I think it speaks to the overall concern of Couture and Timo as right. players and where they're at right now. Um, Couture maybe less so because you know he he has been assisting quite a bit, and it seems like he's kind of taking a little bit more of a playmaking approach to the season however Timo Meyer looks like a shell of himself I mean he, he does not look like he's engaged physically um, making plays that we saw him make as a as a rookie you know making the, the mistakes that he made as a rookie um, again for him to be successful it's to park his butt in front of the goalie hey. and to cause havoc and mm-hmm. I'm I'm not seeing that from his play right now, um, Felix. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. What are you seeing from from Timo at the moment? Yeah, I just I'm not I I'm with you there. Like I haven't you know 
seen much from him, um, and I might be wrong in this as well, but I mean, I haven't really heard his much his name much at all, and just like, you know, he needs look. I mean, he like others. They they need to be part of the play, or else like I mean, it's it's the 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 ship is gonna sink even further, and obviously that's not gonna be good news for the sharks. And like I want to actually, I actually want to go back to the whole uh, the whole coaching stuff uh, thing. Like I mean, this is I feel like I'm, the more I think about it, the more I feel like this is a case where like coaching staff really does need to adjust because like like I said earlier, team other teams are reading into what the Sharks are doing. They're becoming more predictable, and like and then of course there's the whole thing about like we've uh, lamented on like the time on ice. And the, the, you know, the lack of even distribution on most nights. And it's just, you know, heck, I mean, we've seen coaching change, coaching changes before. I mean, like, there's no reason why DW wouldn't be willing to pull the trigger. I mean, look at what happened with uh, the Sharks and Tom McClellan. Yeah, no, I, 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 I am in agreement with you there. JF Turner, um, uh, saying Guy Boucher is an interesting choice. I mean, Guy Boucher is only an interesting choice if you're willing to play trap hockey. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's when you have high caliber offensive stars like Eric Carlson and Brent Burns, you don't play that kind of hockey. So to me, Guy Boucher is a, is a, that's like a, that's a stretch for me. Um, Rob Iman with the, uh, with the Ken Hitchcock, bringing him in um, as an interim coach. Better. But again, it's defensive-minded hockey first. Uh, you have to then mold players who are traditionally more offensively minded, as in an Eric Carlson and a Brent Burns, and you have to mold them to a, a Hitchcock style. And it might take too much time to do that. So, okay, it, that leaves with us with a with maybe a Bob Bugner to take over for Peter DeBoer. Um, you could. I mean, and I know that Eric, wherever he's listening to this, is going to blow his lid. Um, but, I mean, goodness, a Roy Sommer bringing him up from the from the Barracuda. I, I don't see it there. I, you know, to me, I, I don't know, Felix. I mean. Yeah, or I mean, like, or here's another vote that I'm, I'm not sure if um, Doug Wilson would take this vote, but I believe the Rangers did. Um, I think it was a few years ago, but like going the or. Was it the Rangers and the Rangers and I believe the uh, Flyers, like the uh, the whole college route, like bringing someone, bring a coach from um, the college leagues and hey, maybe that'll maybe that'll work. Yeah, and and the college ploy I think is is interesting from a perspective of trying to have a team that's in transition, you know, given a little bit different style of bench boss, a bench boss who can, um, you know, relate to younger players. I don't think it's that time yet. I think right now. I don't know. I don't know particularly yeah. what what PDB style is. If he's, I you know, from what I tend to hear, he's more of a players coach and less of a of a you know chomping on the bit trying to get every last you know ounce on out of his players. But we did see um, Dave Tippett go into Edmonton and work wonders with that team so right. far. Right. So maybe a Ken Hitchcock isn't out of the out of the the realm of possibility it's just i'm not a fan of retreads and i'm definitely not a fan of defensive minded specialists who can't really mold their system around offensive players yeah and you know i mean it's it's an interesting options but i mean fact of the matter is and like you know we've been through all these (laughs) we've been through all the options and you know as you can see the fact of the matter is there just isn't a lot of there just aren't a lot of options out there right now and that's that right now is that to me is a little concerning, no, yeah. and it's it's you know and you know, hey, like I said, DW might make a move to you know replace uh, PDV. He might not. Who knows? Um, just given the amount of options there are, but yeah, it's this is this is getting to. Uh, this is getting iffy. Yeah, this is getting to a breaking point. Um, exactly. Under, understand um, JF Turner again with with Dan Balsma. That's a that's an interesting thing. Oh, yeah. But you know the other thing that we also have to remember too is uh, the Sharks just signed PDB to a three year extension, and yeah. you know to fire him you know the first month into the season that's a big stroke to ch- uh, that's a big 
um, check to stroke um, from Hasso. And yeah, that's true. To me, Hasso doesn't mind spending the money if it's a smart play or if it's a if it's a if it's a player that's of generational talent, whatever. If the money is smart, but cutting a cutting a check for a you know for an additional two and a half years to a coach who's going to be you know basically doing nothing i i don't see him doing that yeah um, I, I mean yeah me neither i mean it's yeah it's i mean i get through all the freaking cliches right now i mean tough sledding you know i mean it's just yeah i i, I honestly don't even know what to, what to even say right at, at this point and it's just i mean it goes back to um and i think and laura in the chat mentioning like the team uh, losing, only losing them to build up their confidence. I think, yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, somewhere down the line, the Sharks might, you know, if even if they don't end up firing PDB, they might get their confidence boosted again somehow. We don't know. But the fact of the matter is, you know, right now their confidence is shot and it's and it's only going to get worse from here. I And that's I hate to say it, but I feel like that's where it's trending right now. Yeah, the team almost seems like it is waiting for for something to happen, you know, for exactly. for some shoe to drop. Um, it was interesting because Greg Wyshynski of Yahoo, uh, and well, it used to be Yahoo Sports of ESPN. Now he's he's saying that uh, the Sharks are looking like a team waiting for a player who's injured to come back off injured reserve, but that yeah. player is in Dallas. Look. I mean, to Greg Wyshynski, I don't know if you've been watching any Dallas games, but Joe Pavelski ain't looking all that great either. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I mean, look, I love Joe Pavelski, and obviously, you know, Hockey Trick does, and I know, you know, a number of other people out there do. But, like, I mean, Pavs just doesn't look like he's fitting. I don't, either he's just not fitting the mold right, right there in Dallas, or he's just like, he's something's off there. And it's, you know, just like in San Jose, something's off here. And, you know, um, and it's just... Yeah, I mean, Pavs and look, Pavs is an, is a great player. I mean, he's you know he's got a he's got great hockey IQ. He he's got effort. He's got the work ethic. I mean, there's a reason. Obviously, he was he captained this team. You know, especially to a Cup final. But and of course, you know, we know him for his tips and everything. But I mean, like, the the system just isn't fitting his mold right now. And so I mean, yeah. No, I and and I I totally agree with you there. The other thing that we are also failing to mention, though, is, um, and Rob, I'm in bringing it up, Couture needs to be a better leader. I don't think that it need necessarily means that it's Couture needing to be a better leader, but I think it's Couture understanding when to, you know, get on the boys and when to call them out and when to be the kind of raw, raw, you know, you know, keeping in the locker room kind of thing that we saw with Joe Pavelski, you know, that that stadium series documentary from Epics was just a great, um, you know, insight into how the Sharks operated. And you could see in which, you know, Joe Pavelski trying to rally the leaders and, and going on his rant. Yes, but not necessarily calling individuals out. And so it might behoove Logan to re-examine the way in which he wants to lead. Yes, it's it's good to be critical, and yes, it's it's good to have the Dan Boyle esque kind of moments where you're where you're examining your game and, and you're being self critical. And yes, there is there is a time and a place for that, but too much of that almost does the opposite effect, where it does you know make the team sag, where it does make the confidence um, you know kind of wane. So it, it's really playing that fine delicate balance of you know, the throttle and the break, so to speak. And um, right now, I, I don't think Logan's got a good grasp on it. Yeah, and that's definitely a point there. I mean, like we saw Pavs, like, you know, um, as we mentioned that, like, you know, he's he's not one to really throw players under the bus. Like, I mean, we saw, like, Kutcher a few days ago, like, literally throw Banker and, uh, and uh, I believe that was Meyer um, under the bus for that horrible, just hor- horrible OT and just, you know, um, and just, you know, and, and I think, you know, Couture, he, look, I think he's, he, you know, when he was, when he had the A, um, he, he was great, you know, obviously we don't want to be a gamer, but yeah, I think he, he might be still trying to be settling into this captaincy, um, just this gauche as AJ would say. Um, but, um, you know, and yeah, I think 
But I mean, hey, I like, um, I don't know if this would apply to the situation, but as Eric Carlson and a certain reporter once said, the time is nigh. And so, you know, the time is definitely nigh for, for Couture to, you know, maybe like speed up that adjustment just a bit and, uh, you know, see where he, where, where he can go from there and where the team can go from there. Agreed. Agreed. It's, you know, the, the, the time is definitely starting to slip here 12 games into the season. Um, but you can start to make, um, you can start to make some conclusions on the way that this team is playing right now and, and the way that it's, you know, going from game to game, we're definitely seeing, uh, signs of the game, you know, slipping, you know what I mean? The game is right. sick right now. So right. putting just, uh, going ahead and, and wrapping that all up, um, you know, it's time for them to really start to break it down to the fundamentals, like I've been saying, um, and like you've been saying too on on this broadcast. You know, it, and uh, hold on, sorry, I want to also bring Chris as uh, on this comment into here. Um, so I, he said um, at least two, three cups have been won by teams that have dismissed coaches midseason in the last ten years. It's hardly unheard of. And honestly, hey, coaching changes, like I've said, um, that can potentially, and that's why we've. Um, been talking about this like i mean coaching if if dw fires pd um pdv mid-season i mean it's not out of the question that you know this uh, this team could like go on a hot streak and i mean and you know you look at <laughs> look at you know st louis i feel like and so um yeah yeah, no the the uh, the cup winners dismissed uh, Dan Bilesma, uh, I guess the first I guess first quarter of the season, and uh, they went on that incredible tear, and the rest right. is history, as they as they say. So, you know, maybe it isn't out of the realm of possibility. Um, right. I don't see it yet. I think that the that DW will probably wait twenty games um, to figure out what he's got in the locker room before he starts making changes. To me, I think the first thing that you're probably going to do is a personnel change. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see him bring in somebody maybe on the goaltending front, uh, maybe at a, as a center replacement. I, I, I don't okay. know, but the team looks like it needs something. It looks like uh, it needs to be uh, shaken up just a little bit. That being said, shaking up things a little bit, I think it's time. For the uh, for the best segment of the show, what do you think, Felix? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to do a little thing called the NHL reach around. Oh, oops, I mean wrap around. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, bug guy. <laughs> I have the goddamn common curse right. that you give him a reach around. <laughs> so yes, indeed, we do go to the NHL wrap around. Uh, right now, the Ducks and uh, Golden Knights are still playing, and boy, oh boy, it's not looking good for the Duckies. It's two, uh, two to five uh, in favor of the Golden Knights, but the shots on goal, Felix, fifteen shots for the Ducks and forty-five shots on goal for the Golden Knights. Holy smokes! Yeah, that looks like uh, looks like the Duckies are getting a little bit of a shell shock there. Yeah. Uh, the Oilers lose shockingly to the uh, Florida Panthers and Florida. I don't know if they're starting to come out of the funk just a little bit, but now they're at five, two and four uh, Oilers uh, go down uh, six to two. It's now the Oilers at eight, three and one blues beat the Red Wings five to four in overtime blues sitting at a cool six, three and three Red Wings at three, eight and one. The Los Angeles Kings lose to the Blackhawks, and boy, you know, the Sharks being in the company of the Blackhawks and the Kings and the standings in the Western Conference, not good, because both of those teams are not very good. Kings at 4-8 and eight now, Blackhawks at 3-5-2. and two. Of Definitely course, not a good look. Definitely <laughs> not a great look. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, the Islanders beat the Flyers 5-3. to three. Islanders go 8-3, and three, proving that last year was not a mirage, and that they're kind of rising to the cream of the crop in the Metropolitan Division. The Flyers falling to four uh, to five four and one, and the Bruins put a spanking on the Rangers, uh, seven to four. Boy oh boy, Bruins with one regulation loss this season. They are now sitting at eight one and two. The Rangers fall to three five and one, and that completes your NHL reach around. 
just from the from the scores, and I don't know if you've caught any other hockey, Felix, but uh, what do you make of the Bruins' hot start? I mean, pasta is on fire right now. Can I just say something? This is my shocked face right now. <laughs> Not shocked at all. I mean, look, the, look, we've known the Bruins have are are you know are a cup contender team. I mean. Heck, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, they played the St. Louis Blues. I mean, the St. Louis Blues played uh, Boston Bruins um, last year. And, uh, you know, obviously, we know that the Blues won, you know, all that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, the Bruins are a talented team. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And Pasta has been, you know, lighting it up. I'm not surprised. And, you know, they've just, yeah, they've, they've got a really good team. And, you know, they've got the leadership to go with it. So not surprised at all. Yeah, and uh, oh, and you know, just in case if they didn't, you didn't have enough trouble uh, containing uh, pasta. Patrice Bergeron goes ahead and chips in a, a hat trick tonight. <laughs> Zacchino Char also on the board. Brad Marchand with seven goals. Boy, oh boy, this is going to be an interesting game coming up on Tuesday. That's why we kind of uh, circled in oh, on the yeah. Bruins because that is very true. Oh man, I I just do not know what that game is going to look like, and the Bruins are just—I mean—they've got the Midas they, touch right now. Yeah, and they're they're chomping at the bit. I mean, and obviously, you know, as you know, we're in the past where we sh- we should be the ones who you know who should be saying you know the Sharks are sh- the Sharks should be the ones chomping at the bit, but unfortunately, that's not the case right now. I mean, that's that's the Bruins, and that's. That's that's where I'm again concerned, and I hate to say it, and I really, really want to be the optimist, and I usually am the optimist, um, but in this case, how in the HE Double Hockey Six am I supposed to be optimistic about this? <laughs> like, someone get, tell me. Yeah, I I it totally agree with you. I mean, when you've got David Pasternak, you know, he's got. I think this isn't even up to date. This is he's got 18 points prior to tonight's game. Right. Brad Marchand, I mean. You know, I mean, just, goal scores all around. Yeah, yeah, goal scores all around. Um, yeah, they seem to be a little bit stacked right now insofar as most of the offense is coming from that top line. But it doesn't seem like anybody's able to shut that thing down. And they've got, uh, you know, they've got just goalies going galore right now. Tuka Rask mm-hmm. sporting a 1.48 goals against average, a 9.52 save percentage. Um, Yaro Halak not too bad himself at a 2.24 goals against with a 9.31. I would assume it'd be Tuka who uh, who sees the Sharks on Tuesday. Uh, but either way, not, not great. And I also want to uh, so Phantom uh, 0044 in the chat saying, but if there's a game to turn it around, it's going to be the Bruins. And I agree. But the thing is, again, it's a tall order and it's a stretch. And However, if that was the game to uh, turn it around, I would really love to see Jumbo score a rooster trick <laughs> against his former team. Just saying. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, that that would be would be nice to see. And I think it would kind of give you the emotional uplift. Um, uh, Marty McFly also commenting in the Sharks uh, lose on this stretch last season as well. Yeah, but I I. I I don't know. To me, that that you, you can't draw parallels insofar as the way in which the season kind of draws out. I think you can make parallels from year to year in the way that they play, but not necessarily in in the results kind of column. I think each season is a little bit different of a beast. Right. And also, hold on. And also, sorry to cut you off, but um, on that note too. Keep in mind that around this time, like I believe it was against, uh, against Montreal, even too, like they called a team meeting, and I don't remember anything happening, you know, within the past few nights of that of that happening. So, yeah, um, I I agree, and um, I feel like you know it's going to take a big bounce back, especially when you're going to oh, be absolutely. playing against the Bruins. Um, and, and and we'll see. So um, if you want to catch that game, it's on uh, at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, you can catch that uh, on NBC um, Bay Area, of course. Uh, NBC Sports Bay Area, excuse me. And, uh, yeah, the Sharks have uh, their work cut out for them. That's for sure. Um, 
understatement of the uh, century. <laughs> right. Team meeting part two, as Marty McFly is saying. But um, Felix, uh, let me get your final thoughts and uh, just kind of w- what your thoughts are going to be, what you'd like to see from the Sharks uh, when they do play Boston. Sure. Uh, my final thoughts are, Sharks, please, please, please get it together soon. Um, you know, obviously, I love this team. I will always bleed teal. But dear lords, this stretch has been hard to watch. I'm not going to lie. And it's something has to be done. I mean, it's as simple as that. And, you know, foundation hockey, keeping it simple and just playing your game. And it just, you know, as, you know, as someone would, I forget who he's, who originally said this, but as someone once said, just win the game, <laughs> you know, and just, you know, it, it just starts with the basics and, you know, it, you go from there. Yeah. And uh, Laurel, thank you so much for uh, waving the, the banner for us. Uh, if you have not already, please like and subscribe. Uh, also hit the bell icon to get notifications when we go on, although it is pretty easy to figure out when we go on. It's after every Sharks game. Uh, mind you, some of the East Coast trips, we do take a 15 to 20 minute pause because it does take some time to get through the uh, California traffic. But, uh, you know, I, I think in my you know just kind of final thoughts on what i'd like to see from them on tuesday um i i would love to see another you know three to one two to one kind of game where they do play that foundational defensive game where it's defense first you know they protect the puck in their own zone break it out um in a clean um fashion you know push it through and and get uh, get some good shots on goal um, I'd like to see a bounce back performance um, by Martin Jones. I mean, I don't fault the Toronto game on Martin Jones at all, but you know, it, it has been these inconsistencies again. We do see it from game to game to game to game. Is what what uh, what Martin Jones are we getting? So seeing him kind of have a bounce back and, and really put a statement that you know what he is the number one goaltender because I think PDB tried to do a little bit of that you know message sending by starting Dell tonight um, because Dell did have the better of the games um, than Martin Jones did but you know Dell again every time he's he's given the opportunity to try to light the fire underneath um, Jones he's just not able to do it for whatever reason so um, yeah I got to come out with a strong goaltending effort um, for me. Yep, I agree. And, you know, like you said, like Deller, I think you hit it right on the head with Deller. Like every time he's been given the opportunity just for whatever reason, for whatever reason, just hasn't been able to do it. And I think that's where Jones needs to step step in and just have a good game, like you said. Um, And also, um, um, I also wanted to, as we get into social media segment of the show, I also want to sort of branch off of hockey real quick and talk about, um, real quick about mental health stuff because um, as you as you guys may or not, may not know um, over the, uh, this summer I uh, and this is a really emotional topic for me um, but um, I tweeted a lot about uh, my mental health and this year has surprisingly been really hard for me um, and um, I had long story short uh, past few months I had two or three panic attacks. Um, went to a doctor's, um, got it diagnosed, and of course I was diagnosed with a panic and anxiety disorder. And just um, obviously, um, at least it wasn't like actual depression or anxiety. But I mean, it's still, it, it's still tough. It's still bad. And I've been ever since I've been fighting through it. I've been, you know, trying to have a different mindset going forward. And which is why I'm, you know. Once I felt confident enough in my abilities to, you know, handle everything in life, I, uh, you know, as you guys know, I've written, started writing for Teal Town USA again, and I wrote that women's article, um, Q and A, um, hockey article and Q and A on the on the site. But I just wanted to give everyone who's been there for me a huge shout out because it's it's not easy and it's it's a it's it's a um, pardon my language, but it's a bitch, and it's just. Um, it's just so hard to go through and especially when you know when you had the mindset that I had where like you know you feel like everything every mistake that you do uh, you know it's just magnified and you're just so freaking hard on yourself and it's like you don't know how to control it you don't know how to control your emotions and it's just it weighs on you mentally 
And, you know, it's, I mean, it's true everywhere. Look at hockey players, what they go through, you know, and we have the Bell Let's Talk movement and we have, you know, so many initiatives out there. And I just feel like this is a really good time for me to like, and, and heck, this is, I mean, again, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because of my, what I went through, but like, we, we talk about this, you know, whenever we can. And, um, you know, I feel like it shouldn't just be, you know, on a day and on a special mental health day or a mental health week or a suicide prevention week or what have you that we'd be talking about. It's, this literally should be every fucking day. And, yeah. you know, and I just, again, I want to thank everyone um, who's been there for me and um, helping me through this, uh, just these rough times. And, you know, you've no idea how, like how much that meant to me and just, you know, and obviously the entire Teal Town USA community, I know Landy, I t- I'm, we've spoken about it and it's just, you know, it's, it's incredible the amount of support um, that I, that I got. And I was just absolutely blown away. And just, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I, I have faced um, similar bouts of, of, uh, of depression. Um, you know, I, I have kind of alluded to it at, at portions during the um, bell let's talk and um, you know, anybody ever asking me any kinds of questions will, will know that I'm pretty forthright, but I've, I've battled through it myself. Um, you know, being diagnosed as a person with, um, with depression and with anxiety, um, you know, both my running through my family, um, from both sides, you know, so getting it as an inherited kind of thing. Um, it's difficult, you know, and it's difficult when you're in the middle of it and you're in the thick of it. Um, but, I think the biggest thing is is to continue the fight of, of talking. You know, it, it can be the hardest step to just disclose. But once you kind of get that weight off and, and you let the people that are around you help support you, um, you know, you, you gain strength from that. You gain strength from the community. And the Sharks community in general, the Teal Together community, the um, Teal Town USA community, uh, have been extremely, extremely welcoming. Uh, you know, we, we see a bunch of great comments um, in the uh, in the chat, in in Twitter, and and we cannot thank you enough for for just the kinds of support that we get. Um, you know, myself, Felix, uh, Kura. I mean, everybody at the Teal Town. Um, you know, in the Teal Town family. I mean, look, we, we got, we didn't even mention it tonight, but Ian went to the game. Ian Reed um, from uh, Teal Tinted Glasses. That's right. That's um, right. And obviously, you know, we hope that Ian had, you know, a great time. I'm sure he had a blast at the game despite the loss. But I mean, yeah, it's just things like those, like just moments like those to just, it's just so heartwarming to see like the hockey community, especially like you mentioned, the Teal Together Sharks fam, just come together for just to help each other out. And that's, to me, I mean, sure, we we love to talk about like and strategy and like we love to criticize players, you know, know, even though we obviously love them very much. But it's it's moments like these that just define sports in general for me. It's just like that's just the ultimate fandom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were able to raise money uh, for Ian to get out uh, and to to go see the Sharks uh, play Ottawa and it. I mean, he got to uh, meet up with Bakes and, um, you know, it it was just it was really, really heartwarming to see the support. So, um, again, if if you have any kind of um, mental health um, concerns or issues, feel free to. uh, Oh, thank you, Iman, for the uh, for the super chat donation. Um, But again, if you have any issues or you're just feeling not good and you need to reach out to somebody of course, reach out to any one of us, reach out to a mental health provider. Uh, of course, the suicide prevention line is there for, for immediate access if you need the help. But uh, don't be afraid. I think more and more people are coming out um, about just their their mental health and, and to continue to get that out into the light and to get support for that and to know that you're not alone. So, exactly. And also, just to touch on that real quick, and we, you mentioned Bakes. Um, I mean, Bigs himself, I mean, just you, you don't have to even look far. Like, just look at if you have the athletic or if you know someone who has the athletic, go look at the article that Katie String uh, wrote like a few years ago. That was just absolutely powerful. Like, if you want inspiration, that's I feel like that's, you know, one of the biggest sources right there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so. 
Uh, again, Rob, thank you so much. Um, and uh, for everybody else who's who's commented on the chat and, and been there uh, tonight and throughout the the entire time that Teal Town USA has been around, we really appreciate it. It's the, it's the fans that continue to make us do this thing. Um, <laughs> it's the fans that continue to drive us to not miss a miss a after show. Um, and uh, and yeah, so. As far as where you can find me on the social media, you can use my first name. That would be Eric spelled with a K, last name Landy with an I on all the social media garbage. Uh, Felix, why don't you go ahead and uh, let the people know where they can find you and uh, where they can find your writing because you're putting out some really great stuff. Thank you. I appreciate the compliment there. Um, yes. Uh, so obviously, uh, for those of you who don't already know, my Twitter is at Hockey and Ghosts, um, and as well as my Instagram, same same handle, Hockey and Ghosts. And yeah, um, I essentially just um, tweet though, you know, some hockey, some other stuff um, as well. And uh, as far as my writing, obviously, uh, Teal Town USA. That's where I've uh, written. What's uh, that's where I wrote my. Uh, uh, wrote and published my uh, women's hockey uh, Q&A with a writer named uh, Jennifer Moglia, who is actually a diehard uh, um, women's hockey fan. And, you know, she knows her stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I encourage you to check it out. I mean, I know we all we all love to talk about men's hockey, but I really encourage you to sort of take a peek inside the women's hockey world and see what's going on there. For sure. For sure. And, again, Great work reaching out to her and uh, getting uh, getting that Q and A uh, posted, and it's a it's a really great read. If you haven't already found it out, um, please go ahead and uh, take a look at the TealTownUSA.com website. So, for uh, everybody here at Teal Town USA, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Thank you guys so much, and uh, have a great night.